0: As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, new games, games for days. All sorts of stuff. Wacky machines. Wacky stained glasses. Souls. Maybe they're dark. Maybe they aren't. Who knows? And a discussion about doxing? The hell is that? I don't know. Stay tuned. To CFRU 933 FM broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario. You can listen to us online, CFRU.ca, or if you want to listen to Android's Dungeon, which is what everyone should be doing, if I could make a law and force everyone to listen to the show, I would. You can check us out on all the podcast websites. All the podcast websites. <laughs> Old Man Jack. <laughs> check us out at WWW, or AOL keyword. Yeah, HTTP. HTTP s <laughs>
0: colon, colon
1: slash, slash uh backslash forward slash backslash
0: <laughs> Funny have... thing, it'll correct it if you do it wrong
1: really yeah interesting w- one of those things i remember getting in a fight first year university with there's this uh apple chauvinist who lived on my floor huh. and uh he got really upset when i started talking about uh i think backslashes because i think backslash is the ones that windows used yeah, and he was like, "It should be forward slashes." It's like that's the real one. Who cares? Like, I've never heard it. <laughs> it's it's like walking into a fight that you didn't even know was going on, and just being like, "I'm." It's like GIF and Jeff. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm i always say Jeff. Jack's a jiffer. I'm a jiffer. Jiff jab. Uh, but you know, there was that meme going around for a while that I think it was too difficult to reproduce. That's why it kind of died. Um, of the. John Travolta from Pulp Fiction when he's high as heck going into uh, he's looking at <laughs> when um, Maria Wall- Maria Wallace? Mia Wallace is guiding him through the house and he's just totally confused. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, Androids dungeon is a show about memes, memes, games, music, movies, lollies, lollies. What? <laughs> Joel's taking the show in strange directions. Speaking, speaking of We're going fights, going deep into the <laughs> internet tonight. <laughs> speaking of fights that. Uh, you can get into real quick. Anyway, uh, Joel, what have you been playing recently? Well, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. You, you, well, you'll understand in a second because I've been playing Near Automata. All right. Uh, in case the listener has not heard of Near Tomato, what is the the game?
0: Well, I it's a board game, right? I didn't really know anything about the game, but I knew that it had near perfect ratings by just about every reviewer out there. Mm-hmm and um mass popularity it was really big uh, maybe about a year and a half ago yeah uh but joel joel's taking some time to catch up
1: that's the best way to you know <laughs> you, you you get to appreciate time, time has allowed the game to settle a bit and like the hype has worn off and you get yep. to really f-
0: is this worth it so here i am objectively jumping into near automata which is a um it's it's definitely like a taxing game if you have a an old rig, which is why I've had it for maybe a year and I haven't been able to pick it up. But it is a, what kind of game is it? It's kind of hard to peg it. I think it's a it's a bit of a bullet hell, combined with a sword slasher. But it's an action adventure for sure, and it's also an RPG. So I, I a- think RPG.
1: Really. Oh, okay. I guess kind of like Dark Souls is kind of an AARPG in a sense. It's not like pen and paper, not turn-based. It's You're sitting there yep. and it's up to you. It's a Japanese game by um, a famous designer whose name is escaping. Toriyama? It's... Not Toriyama. Uh, I... Yeah. Square Enix, anyway. Square Enix, but the guy, the designer is very, he's an oddity. He's very uncomfortable in public, and he always wears this mask that looks like this very spooky moon. Oh, that's the symbol that's of the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's his thing where he's usually in public, and he's always got this, uh, because <laughs> it, it's just like, kind of like a mascot for the studio. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look up his name.
0: Spooky Guy yeah. makes Spooky Game. And again, <laughs> it's it's one of these, uh, you come into it, and really, I had no idea what to expect. I started in a plane. Five minutes later, I'm on the ground with a sword, and I'm a cute, Yoko Taro, that's a cute it. little J-pop star kind of character. And uh, I guess the story is you're androids, and you're fighting against robots to save humans, more, more or less, less. Humans have been uh, forced out to the moon. Earth <laughs> has been taken over by robots. And you are a robot, but you're a good robot because you're you're sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there, this is a very important part of the game. <laughs> there, are, I think you play as three robots throughout the game? Two. Two. So there's 2B and 1A. 9S. 9S. I think 1A is your boss. 1A is your boss. 2B uh, is the one you'll see <laughs> referenced <laughs> frequently as far as uh without getting too off the rails here there was some exquisite modeling work done on this character that booty though <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, it's I, don't, wild. I just
0: wonder how many people are actually playing the game to watch <clears throat> her run in front of you you know
1: it's the the design on the and this is beyond even the aesthetics just the the amount of modeling and and rigging and animation that went into the, yeah. the these characters the player characters are
0: it, it's remarkable it's not even the main characters like the enemies and the androids that you encounter along the way and your allies and everything they're all really well done yeah uh, it's a beautiful game for sure and the soundtrack apparently is quite good yeah very kind of immersive mhm and uh kind Of takes me back to our Korea days, actually.
1: Interesting because of the the Asian locale or aesthetic, or yeah,
0: just that kind of cute little style. No, oh, I said kind of a mix between serious and uh, kawaii.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, what's cute in Korean? I don't even remember. I don't know, yeah. Um, so, how many times how many have you played through the game? Because it's quite short if you actually play from start to just get
0: one of the endings, correct?
1: It's maybe six hours? So. I haven't
0: actually reached an ending yet. I'm a, about five and a half hours in. And, uh Yeah, I think it, it is going to be short because I think I'm, I've already, well, I don't want to tell too no much. No spoilers, no spoilers. I may have ended one of the major fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, But anyway, um, definitely, like, one of those things is, like, here's a straight-up story. There's robots, they're bad. Yeah, Uh, Humans, good. Mm -hmm. You save humans, and then things get kind of crazy, you know?
1: Yeah. I think it's one of these games, too, that's, I don't want to say breaking forth wall necessarily, but there's some moments when, like, because the game is designed to be replayed repeatedly, and it's almost like... Um, because games sort did this for a little bit, where you beat the game and then you get a a new game plus mode of sort that in, understands you've already played the game once and using that knowledge or at least the assumption the player has played through once before, you things will be different. Yeah, and the endings will change. And I don't know how many endings are near, but I think there are a bunch. And this is also mm-hmm. the third game in the series, by the way. I think third or fourth. Yeah. And the other ones had kind of uh, generally well appreciated, but they were different styles of games. I think more traditional RPGs, but this one's,
0: I'm I'm kind of just running. A little wild here because I haven't played any of these games. There's a bit of RPG in it, but it's, like, so light that, like, I probably spent about two minutes in shops Mm -hmm. where it was just kind of like, okay, you have a ton of money. It's kind of cool that, like, uh, all the things that you expect from an RPG, like a mini-map and an XP gauge and a health gauge and everything like that, you don't actually get unless you buy them. Mm -hmm. But they're pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. So you got to program these chips into you, and then those chips will automatically trigger whatever it is that you want so did you endorse it yeah yeah it's a lot of fun obviously i haven't finished it yet so i can't uh give a proper review but i would say that after the amount of time i've played and you know just in the last two days i've been playing that much Hmm. that uh it's definitely engaging the action is really good the combat is good Mm -hmm. Uh, playing on regular mode is a little bit too easy but i always like to kind of get the plot yeah, done with, and then maybe play it again and ramp the it plot. up on the next time. <laughs>
1: yeah, the it's funny that you it's, you're playing near because it's lately there's I don't think there's been a single Western game that I've been remotely interested in. All of them are Japanese right yeah. now, and I don't know whether it speaks to the fact that. The Western games are because, as far as Western stuff goes, it's all the the smaller, the more independent-looking stuff that is yeah. sort of interesting. I'm not even saying just the because AAA games are garbage. The AAA <laughs> games just look utterly unremarkable, yeah. and it's uh, and they they all kind of. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're just nothing interesting to me for them. Like when they announced uh, or when the new Spider-Man game came out, a lot of people loved it. and Everyone's playing it, and they're saying it's a great time. But I look at it and I go, yeah, it's fine. Red Dead Redemption Two comes out, everyone's going crazy, but I look at it and go, yeah, it's fine. I know, it's I'm sure it's good. <laughs> But for some reason, like if you made me pick between like playing near uh, I can never pronounce it <laughs> automata near automata or red dead I'd play near in a second yeah, for sure, but that's just my preference on this stuff
0: yeah I mean um it's it's kind of overly cheesy, but it's like the game itself but um, definitely, like, just much more fun and high quality than anything we're seeing coming out of the West right now. It's almost like a neat mix, too, because
1: there's a game, um, uh, Vanquish, and, oh, what just came out recently? But there's this, there's this almost this sub subgenre of these games that I'm, I'm forgetting the the type of, but it's almost the, it's a mix between the crazy, uh, which is all, like, kind of like the Devil May Cry style games or Bayonetta, where it's just, like, mm. insanity and combos and ridiculous, like, crazy, that's yep. things versus it's almost arcade feeling in the sense of like there's this great sense of mobility. Enemies are doing insane things like launching missiles all over the place and you're dodging and shooting them out of the air and yeah. you're getting up close and
0: blowing things up. You're and just, just running around investigating a plant and all of a sudden poof, the, the plant like is underneath, is on top of a giant Goliath robot that's yeah. about, its head is 50 times the size of you or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, now <sighs> you're you're from? like running up its arm and
1: slicing out eyeballs and yeah. things are, all those metal parts are flying over. And you're like, this is what games should be. This yeah. is really fun. They're they're not you can slip in the emotional stuff or the story throughout but the game should be fun primarily, yep. and if you're sitting there like the, I'm thinking of the new God of War, for example, like there are parts that are really fun. It gets repetitive, but there's so many moments where you're going through the game. It's like somebody grabs the the brakes and says, "Okay, now this is this is an emotional moment, or this is something where you're supposed to care." And you're like mm-hmm. I want to get back to ripping someone in half. <laughs> <Can> I, <skip laughs> I don't get this? it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, maybe it's just unearned. Maybe that's the problem. Is that mm-hmm. it's you, you feel. Like they're just shoehorning in something that, for the sake of trying to pretend there's more to it than there is. But
0: mm. anyway, check out Near Automata. It's a good game. I think it's like forty bucks on Steam right now, maybe less. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting forever because <clears throat> I wanted it. It was on my wish list, and it was still ninety dollars for like ages. Ninety bucks. And then it going on sale. Yeah. Got it. Couldn't play it. <laughs> now I can play it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we were also talking about the
1: the game that we don't even know when it's going to come out, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh, just keeps looking better and, and better. And there there more and more information is coming out, and it's supposed to be twenty nineteen, like the year of the game to come out, which yeah. would be kind of interesting, the year that Blade Runner set in, and get, we get Cyberpunk. But who knows? And might as well just forget it. And I want to believe. Just go to sleep and wake up, and it's like, oh, it's here. <laughs> what a, what a miracle! I guess I'll give this a go. Yeah. Don't um, oh, you, Jack? So I got to learn a game on uh, the weekend, Saturday. That um, I was talking talking to you a little bit about it. But it's a, it's a game by uh, the fellow who designed Hansa Teutonica, uh, Andreas Helling, something like that. And it's called Gugon, which sounds oh, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's because there's actually a product called Goo Gone, <laughs> and for use Worked gunk off stuff. Wouldn't work it didn't work for me. I was disappointed with it actually. But I blame the, it was the fact that it was way after the fact. You're trying to get this. Uh, mm. It was um, foam insulation uh, off of... Um, yeah, good luck. of uh, oh, It was like the residue off of like wooden panels. I was like, this is a fool's errand, but I'm being told to do it, so let's give it a shot. And just after my shoulders busted from trying to scrape this stuff. Anyway, Gugon is a game set in... Um, I'm going to betray my ignorance of Chinese history here, but I'll just say emperors are around. And, uh, it's following imperial China, imperial China, which is kind of a big error. That's all right. Uh, I don't know if it's Qin uh, or Ming. Anyway, it's Han. We'll say who Han. cares? Who cares? The and the bottom line, the premise of the game or the main loop of the game is that the old emperor is gone, and he was known for being uh, he was good for China, but he was a cruel, mean man and very corrupt. And he started – he ushered in this era where if you wanted things done with the authorities, you had to bribe them. And bribes were basic. Mm. You would never get anything done without a bribe. His son takes over, I believe. And his son is like, all right, this bribe system is bad. It makes us look bad and it slows down everything and it's it's inefficient. Bribes are gone. So people were like, all right, oh, man, bribes are gone. How am I going to get stuff from people? Ha, I figured it out. It's not a bribe if you give me something – And I give you something. That's just an exchange. (laughs) It's Uh, not a bribe. Work around. Yeah. So the premise of the game is that you are a, um, a Chinese family. And you are trying to gain the ear of the emperor and become the most powerful or influential family in China. And in order to do that, you have to go around to different sections of China and Uh, You have to interact with the officials who are running the place. And how that involves is that you have a hand of cards with varying goods with different number value on them. And at the bottom, there may or may not be an extra action. And on each spot on the board, there's seven of them. uh, There are already cards that are seated. And those are the gifts that the official has. And in order to use that spot, you have to come in with a gift that is worth more than what they have. And what you do is you trade your card with the card that's in there. You take the card that was already there, and you put it in a discard pile, and that will become your hand at the next turn. Um, If you're fortunate, uh, you can take an extra action. So when you basically replace the card, you're using that place, and you get to do whatever's there. And it ranges from um, basically sending your people out for a ride around the town to collect taxes, and you get to take little tiles to uh, Imperial Edicts, which are kind of like permanent bonuses throughout the game. Um, uh, going to the Great Wall of China and like Ooh. basically sending your servants to work on the wall. Uh, there's a neat part where there's this um, harbor, they call it, but you're basically moving this boat around. And if you max out the boat or put all your enough people on the boat, wherever they are, you can take the bonus of wherever that place is. And the last one is the Intrigue Track, which is very strange, but... I guess it involves is kind of trying to simulate the the like Politics. the politicking behind the scenes. So it's a tiebreaker, and you can cash in intrigue points for extra stuff. So the main currency of the game are the, your your servants, and it's very very tight currency because every round you're going to get about four more servants. But if you aren't getting any more, you're in trouble because a lot of actions take at least one or two servants. And if you don't have the right cards, you, you can get rid of servants to do, take extra actions and things. But you need to have a steady income of these guys. Mm. And it leads to interesting decisions because there are a lot of times when you put a servant on the board, you're never getting them back again. If you, so if it's possible for you to have a very bad time early on if you misplay what you're mm. doing. Um, so that's it. You're basically trading cards, trying to get more servants to do your actions. And you, everyone basically gets four actions a turn, and the game lasts four rounds. And then at the end, whoever has the most points they've acquired throughout the game wins. But there's one other little thing to it. And there's the Imperial, like the Forbidden Palace section of the board. And you've all got your advisor. It's like a big board. It's a big board. Very beautiful too. I'll get to that in a second. Oh. And you have an envoy. And you have to make sure the envoy gets to the end of that track by the end of the game or else you don't get the win at all. You don't you qualify. Don't get, you don't qualify. Yeah. So that means basically you have to get him in talking to the emperor at all. So... It's pretty easy to do because uh, by the end, both Kale and I had got up there, and you get—if uh, you can't move him any further—you get an extra victory point just for like, oh, well, well triggering done, just move, for triggering the move. move. Exactly, yeah. basic stuff. Um, the game itself is gorgeous. It was a kickstart game. It actually came out exactly when they said it would. Maybe there was a slight delay. I'm not sure, was com- which was fine with me. I think there's maybe where they weren't happy with the print quality of something. Comes out. The components are incredible. Mm. It's definitely one of those things as soon as you look at it, you're you're thinking, Oh man, this is what a game cannot look worse or it cannot like you have to have a, a baseline for how your game is gonna look if mm-hmm. you're doing something like this and Google nails it. The components are all top so quality. Independent publisher? I'd have to look it up. I'm forgetting um, who published it. Um But it comes with trays for every player to have their stuff. So everything sits in nicely. Mm, The insert is extremely functional. Everything fits in there nicely and things aren't popping out. The board is gigantic and lovely, double-sided. So one side is for player uh, one to three because you can play it solo because there's a robot player you can add to the game.
0: An automata.
1: We've looped back. (laughs) And the other side is for um, four to five players. And there's there are metal components. There are all the tiles are thick. The cards are nice quality. But, Joel, this was what knocked me down. There are cards that you play in the game, and you're going to be playing with these and holding them for a fair bit. And you think, oh, okay. Sleeves. Let's go looking for sleeves. Uh uh. The game came with sleeves. What? Thick fantasy flight style mini Euro sleeves already in the bloody game box Creep. because. They know you're going to be sleeving these. And they're like, no, friend, we got you. And I thought, that right there.
0: Is this the next level? Like, you know, they used to come up, everything used to come with bags. Now they, oh, that's great. It's, it, look, I don't know how much the market was on this
1: or whether they just had extra cash and like, let's do this. But either way, it means so. If you don't play board games, you don't understand how nice it is, A, to get bags, B, it's unheard of. Have you ever had a game that came with card sleeves? No. It's That's wild. Just, oh, that had to feel so good. It, it
0: felt great. It, <laughs> something get the so
1: right size. Uh, right size. It's like you, it avoids you going immediately to the geek and saying, uh Google on card size. How? Uh, what is it?" And then it's obviously fantasy flight something. But yeah. actually, it's not mini euro. It's just euro size, I think. But um, lovely. So the game itself, fine. It's fun. It plays quickly. It's not gonna. Re- it doesn't revolutionize anything. It's really neat though, and I think it's if you like. Uh, a medium complexity Euro, medium delight, uh, you are you can do way worse. And uh, combined, the entire package is quite lovely. And I think it's definitely worth a play if you're interested in the genre. But I don't know if it's going to knock any socks off. Like, I'm not sure about its staying power necessarily.
0: So is it kind of a resource management Euro? Yep. Well, it sounds pretty cool, worth a try. I don't think it's going to be like the game no. that we play for months on end. But no, 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 cool. no.
1: I, I think it's perfectly acceptable. I don't know how good the the two-player felt all right, not as tight, but um at higher mounts maybe there's more jockeying for spaces and there's a lot more card cycle going on because one other thing I'll add is that there's this thing in the game too where you roll three dice at the start of every game or every day and they come up with different figures, and then at the end of the day, if you've managed to acquire cards that correspond to any of those numbers up there, you get bonuses. So it leads to a sort of meta game where it's like, I don't really want to go there, but it's worth putting these cards in my discard pile because I get more servants at the end, and you get victory points, and you can also move up on the track. So little stuff all around here and there. You always feel like there's stuff to do, and you always want to do more for the most part. Although Kayla did have a couple moments where she's like, I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> um and I think that was just, like, it bad luck. Nothing was kind of corresponding or nothing worked at that specific time. But in general, there's you always, always something you want to put guys down on. Mm. So anyway, Gugon, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it uh, seven uh, mutual exchanges of goods that may be of different values between government
0: officials and private individuals out of ten. Not bad. One of the functions, you were saying you had to get to the end to to finish mm-hmm. reminded me... Have you ever played that game? Oh, it's escaping me now. But it's it's a colonialism game, and you're I think you're in Africa, but you, you have to give money to the queens. So you have to drop money into a chest.
1: I, I know what you're talking about.
0: I know Francis Drake has something. I think it might be Francis Drake. Yeah, and then the money in the chest is ra- uh, hidden, mm-hmm. how much you've given. Yeah. And then whoever gives the least money to the queen um loses (laughs) they just can't win it's it's
1: it's, on paper it's just a side thing yeah 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 on paper it's it's like this is goofy i like it it depends how long the game is though because i'd be (laughs) furious about playing this game and just like randomly losing because either i miscounted how much i had in there
0: or or what it's yeah like if you tie is it okay or is it still or no it's just whoever gave the least is just out so if no matter if you won or not you've It's kind of a silly thing. It is super silly. We're just going to eliminate one of the people. And it also leads to,
1: because I think we've had this discussion here about hidden trackable information that unless it's like you move the chest behind your player screen and you go, nobody can tell what you're putting in there. And then it goes back in. So then it's like, oh, did he put anything in there? Did he put one, two, three? Uh Uh-oh. <laughs> and you start sweating like on, and as opposed to El Grande where there's this tower you can put meeples into mm, yeah. and it, you, it's, you're it's you not I don't think you're supposed to write it down but if you you could easily track like oh Joel put three of his guys in the tower damn now I gotta put four in there just to get on this thing but is yeah. it worth it at that point
0: but at least it doesn't eliminate you from exactly the game. it
1: doesn't eliminate you from a game <laughs> and it, one of these hard end conditions of like just disqualifying you from possibly victory <laughs> <laughs> But it's like we were talking about, because um, the other game we I just played uh, kind of sort of leads in this a little bit, um, was Gizmos. And you yeah. were talking about this last week, um, or maybe the week before that even, too. You've been playing with a lot of people lately, because yeah. has it become your go-to, sort of like, do you want to play a cool game?
0: Yeah, definitely, especially for people that um, the game needs to be accessible. Because yeah. <laughs> it is, like, I know that our first game ran pretty long, but usually the game runs about 20 minutes. Yeah. I know that the second game was more in in tune with what we,
1: we usually see. Yeah. So I got to play this for the first time, and I, I thought it was really interesting. It, it, it's at this... I, I was thinking about it a little bit, but I think it still stands. It's like... It, it's at this resource management game, but it's... I guess you could describe it as Splendor meets Century meets uh, Glory to Rome, yeah. and in the sense of you have the tableau, and you're getting stuff. But every time you do certain things, that triggers that. And then that action, if you do it properly, triggers this. And then it's just like this cascade of actions that goes across.
0: And the worry there is that it's going to get out of control and people are going to have 10-minute turns. But this isn't DC deck building. Um, There is a limitation. I don't think you ever really trigger more than like, six things maybe
1: no it's not excessive unless of course you've got like some crazy sort of like rube goldberg contraption things of like this then that then that then this and this and then going
0: crazy and then once you get to 16 tableaus it's over and it's over so it can only go so crazy can only go so far yeah so how many times do you think you've played it oh that's tough maybe 30 (laughs) approaching 30 something like that we played a lot when we were back in uh home in bc just wild yeah it's It's been really good, and uh, one of the things that I like about it is that it feels good to play. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily thinking about my score as I'm playing, but yeah. it feels good to just get that, like, oh, and then I get a whole bunch of energy out yeah. of the middle, and then you could see easily, because I gave you a warning, <laughs> that um, the only limitation... Uh, your limitation is yeah. that you usually make too much money yeah. or too much energy, and then you have to kind of build upgrades. And we, it took us a long time to figure out that upgrades were so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's,
1: so what Joel's referring to is that on your board, you've got all these different sections. We've kind of talked about that before. <laughs> and, uh, and you have a limit of you can only have five marbles in your little build area at first, and you can only file one thing. And when you research, you can only do, you can only look at two or is it three Three. by default, which is crazy anyway. um, And as you go on, it's like, that is hyper limiting because there are tiles that require seven or are there six tiles too? Yep. So basically there are some good ones you got to get more for, but at the same time, then you're at the mercy of drawing into these or researching or finding these upgrade tiles and... Theoretically, you can never come across them, which I don't. I think is pretty rare for you not to manage to...
0: Yeah, there was, there was some craziness in the first one, but yeah, I think everybody got them in the
1: end. Yeah. Anyway, the the game, I, I was just really impressed with how... It, it just felt very fluid, which is a nice way to describe just the way the turns usually, even though I've, I'm bad for AP, but just generally speaking, you know what you're going for and you know what you need to do. And when you get a feel for the way the cards interact, it's like... This is yeah. the way, best way to optimize my turn here.
0: You know which color, or at least what type of building, will help you the most. Yeah, so.
1: exactly. So in general, very neat game, and I'm impressed with the the yeah. the quality of it. All the something else too is that all the the and all the art on the cards for the inventions or the machines that you're, the gizmos you're getting, yeah. it all appears unique, which is nuts to me. Like a yeah. lot of effort went into designing these. You crazy see a lot looking, of love went into the game. For yeah. Me. And now criticisms,
0: Uh, research. you played it three times. Do you think you are more equipped to speak on this? Research is too good, and we know it. There's no reason not to research unless there's something on the lineup that you absolutely love. So
1: for specifics here, researching in the game. So there's the market roster setup of these tiles, and there are two level threes, three level twos, and four level ones up there. And if you're not happy with what's on the market, you can decide to research, which basically means you can... Take from the top X amount of cards. Like we were saying, three is the default amount, which is crazy amounts. So you're allowed to, oh, I don't like these cards here. I can take three quarters of them or all the exact 100% of the same amount or even more, 120%, 130% of them. (laughs) And you can look at these cards and say, okay, out of these bunch, you can either build one of them. Or file it if you've got yep. the stuff. And at some point, and the upgrades to all upgrade your research ability for the most part. Maybe yep. some don't, but in general you can get to the, like the last game we played. I was able to research six, which <laughs> drawing six bloody cards from a your deck. Just finding the perfect one for you. You're basically. just yeah. So you're it kind of kills. It's a weird incongruent mechanic because. On one hand, they want you to have the market and be at the mercy of it, yeah. in a sense, which is good for better or for worse. On the other hand, they're like, if you don't like the market, feel free, friend. Just go into there and find six, and yeah. you can take any of go them. Go look at double the market. Go look yeah. at double the market. So it's almost you have to be crazy not to. It almost seems more efficient to always, unless there's something specifically right there that yeah. you want. But anyway.
0: But I think we got a house rule fix for it. We're going to lower the research value for the lower tiers. Mm-hmm. Tier two, you can only research... Your mount minus one, tier three mount minus two, that might help a little bit. And, you know, we've been really frustrated in games like Viticulture and yeah. stuff before where we we have the option to take the top card of the deck. Yeah. But sometimes it's awful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, Viticulture is the perfect example of the game that we've been trying to sort of fix this and build it like, okay, set up a list, set up three or something. Or take, I think the best solution is just draw three yeah. from the top and pick one. pick one of them and put the rest underneath because. And especially Viticulture has this problem with these cards, and that you can argue the game—it's it's a medium complexity Euro deal with it. But for the amount of time you're going to spend playing the game, it feels kind of chintzy to be at the mercy of. So Kayla draws from the deck, and she gets her—I uh, forget the type of grape it is—but uh, she gets a one red, one white grape. And is able to plant that like set for life. Set for life and maybe gets another one, or maybe gets a bunch of those. So you're basically getting crazy the perfect mix exactly. Yeah. And you drag in and here's here's one red. Here's one white.
0: But here's the other question. Why do three fields even exist? You yeah. know you don't need six
1: plants. Yeah.
0: That's a rookie mistake.
1: And that's what we've been trying to <laughs> again fix this and that and I think that increasing either lowering the size of the fields. Or increasing the grape requirements so that you don't end up in this position. So you actually want to hold on to fields, and you feel hamstrung by the fact it's like, oh, I just sold two of my fields because I'm only ever going to need one of these, and even that's pushing it for this game.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Silly, I and mean, you got to get your workers out. You got to do more things. Everybody knows the best part of worker placement is <laughs> getting more
1: workers. Makes these manzies. <laughs> 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 the
0: most wonderful
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Musical break. We'll be back in a minute. you 93. There's no threes. such
0: thing as a perfect writer. No, this there isn't. Is Thank you for that. This is why I use Grammarly. You actually know that, Ed. Oh, <laughs> I actually used it for a bit. Really? It got annoying because it was wrong a lot. I was going to say, my grammar is not that bad. I don't know about needing a... Uh, <laughs> well, second. sometimes I like to deliberately spell things wrong. I don't know if you knew this about me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that might be painful. Does it work on your phone or is it just for... Uh, I was just using it on my computer. You know? Yeah. Um, what you just heard was the from the Dark Souls Three soundtrack, the Dancer of Boreal Valley um, theme. Theme. It's uh, played it because Joel has been playing a bit of Dark Souls. Is this your first one? This is my first run, first run of the third game, which is I don't know if it's the best place to start. To be honest, it's just it's so different from the rest of the series and. um uh, I don't know if it's the fairest of the bunch either. It's pretty diff, but I just got to get good. Get good at the game. That's what I'm working on. Uh, I love it. I think I've played through three, maybe three times. Um... Yeah, it's not bad, but uh, the, the dancer fight's kind of fun. That's another one. Speaking of uh, uh, 2B, uh, the dancer boss is this. Basically, you go into this area, and theoretically, you can trigger it very early if in the game. And if you're very good, you can beat her, but she's very tricky if you accidentally hmm. kind of start the fight too soon. And uh, she's this kind of veiled assassin-looking giant monstrosity. It's way too tall for the area and just kind of leers sensuously around the arena. <laughs> And
0: uh, it's like it inspired some uh, artwork. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of which, I'm glad you brought it up. So I don't know if you know this, but there's some people out there that like to dress up as cute anime characters.
1: (laughs) No, that doesn't sound right.
0: (laughs) One of them being Jack, obviously, (laughs) in his off time. I actually saw a comic this morning that was pretty funny. It was like like a girl in like a hoodie um, lining up for the bathroom. And there's a whole bunch of like dressed up anime girls in front of her yeah and then she gets to the (laughs) three minutes the men's room and she's like oh nuts (laughs) i gotta go back to the other one (laughs) fooled at the convention again i've seen
1: a couple of those like one of them was this shot of like all these guys dressed up i don't have like sailor scouts or whatnot but they're all at the urinal all just (laughs) lined up (laughs) oh interesting this is
0: perfect this bang on exactly what i want to talk about jack because i've learned about tiktok and man it is Anyway.
1: (laughs) So this is a, we can call this like, um, let's call it internet historian, internet culture. uh, Sometimes you want to
0: learn what the kids are up to.
1: Uh, Sometimes Jack doesn't want to know.
0: What are the kids doing? What do the kids want? What do the youth want, Jack? They're playing Fortnite and they're dressing up as their favorite anime character. Are the the Fortnite kids doing that? I think so. Mm. So, um... Basically, I found an article on Reddit which was uh, chastising these people on 4chan and uh, this other Russian channel for basically killing a TikTok account. Okay. So, what ended up happening? Let me just tell the story in my own words because I well, before I go remember further, exactly.
1: Explain what TikTok is because to this day, Jack doesn't understand. Yeah.
0: So, he, here we go. TikTok seems to be a platform for short video entertaining uh videos a bit like vine was do you remember right. vine was on twitter and then it got shut down now, because did, did it vine wasn't making any money it was owned by twitter did twitter buy it or was it twitter a made it like, twitter made it produced it, it oh know, interesting. developed it and everything um but did anyway tiktok's kind of the replacement of that it's so chinese, it's chinese isn't it yeah. yeah so it's short videos um of people doing funny things or also what's what really has become the number one thing on tiktok is is people dressing up as anime characters and doing dances in tune to either music or, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, do me a favor, look up uh, B-O-N-B-I. I'm going to show you. Do you want me to look it up right now? The kid that was doxxed, basically. All right, give me a second here. B-O-N-O-B-I. Go B-O-N-B-I, Bonkers. Oh. Bonkers. And then write Peppermint Song, I guess, or something like that. Uh, (laughs) Don't get it too weird. (laughs)
1: Oh, Bomby Bonkers. Can I have a a Peppermint? peppermint. Yeah. Okay, I'm feeling like I've seen... So this is YouTube. Let's check it out. Hold on a sec. hold, Hold on. Let me just
0: reduce this down. You can tell it's got that kind of like Snapchat. No, I've never seen this. Okay. That was really weird. I don't know. <laughs> so it's It's weird. And this is, there's thousands of these kids and they're all in a certain variety of popularity. So hold on. I have to describe it. So this video yeah. uh, filmed vertical, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So it's,
1: it's, that's the format. <laughs> it's filmed vertical. So I'm already triggered. <laughs> And this, it's this attractive young girl. Uh, I don't know if she's wearing a wig or not. It's red hair and this strange outfit that must be from an anime or something. Or maybe something on lazy town video I don't know game or something. Yeah. I don't know. And she's singing. I don't know if she's singing the song.
0: No, they're always lip syncing. Oh, it's
1: a lip sync. Yeah. She fooled old Jaggy Boy. <laughs> Bamboozled. And uh, something about eating a peppermint. And this is, I guess this, this lady is very popular um, because I'm seeing uh, the, another video online. Bonky Bonkers, adorable compilation. There's 450,000 views for a five-minute video clip of, I'm assuming, 30-second long,
0: 15-second long. Yeah, nonsense. nonsense. blip, bloop, blip, blop. Okay, Continue, um, So that's the kid. Okay. Um, what happened? How do I sum this up real quickly? Um, some A group of guys in 4chan... Okay, she starts m- <laughs> making videos. Yeah. She gets popular. Yeah. Uh, probably in the, I don't know, top 20 of... of tiktok so right that's the kind of stage where you get like your uh, what is it patreon and creepy people well Well. enthusiasts (laughs) fans uh give you money yeah yeah. and maybe uh, a lot of them actually have you know um you can pay me an X amount of money for a premium Snapchat where I'll send the you... Premium snaps. Uh, different photos and videos, uh, mm. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> But this was just a kid. This is a 15-year-old kid. She's 15? 15. Holy smokes. And uh, in an in undisclosed location in the United States.
1: Okay. So all we know is that she's 15 in the States.
0: Yeah. So it's more than enough for the 4chaners. Exactly. <laughs> the boys in 4chan are uh, taking an interest and then all of a sudden... Have you heard of 2chan? Uh, that's
1: the, is that the Chinese or the Japanese one?
0: Yeah, so it's Japanese, but it's got a huge uh, Russian community mm-hmm. in okay. it as well. So the Russians... <laughs> now we got the Russians involved. Taking an interest, trying to dox this kid, and they've Stop, taken... stop,
1: stop. You've already
0: gone too far, Joel. Oh, so what's doxing? Oh, I thought, you were... <laughs> I thought that was rhetorical. You're going <laughs> to move on. No, uh, doxing is... Uh, uh, document dropping is basically the it's dropping short the form of dropping yeah. documents, which is basically doing research to find personal information about an individual and then publicly posting it. Now, I, I need to, I'm going to show a bit of power level here for a second and say
1: <laughs> the word "dox" has been thrown around a lot lately. Yeah, and I think it's been abused to the point like a lot of other words, and it means almost nothing to this yeah. point. Doxing someone should not mean that they went to my Facebook page. And where I posted my address and phone number and somebody just copied that. That's not a docs, folks. That is just <laughs> me being dumb and putting information yeah. publicly available for anyone. A true docs is something where somebody um, has dug up information and put yeah. in like called up offices and got some like court records or did Done some, some it, fishing. Basically. Did some fishing. It takes work. It, a dox isn't a dox if it's just something that anyone could have just googled, basically, yeah. and gotten that information. Typically, it's it's something that you were hiding, and that's the main thing.
0: Yeah. So let me describe some of the doxing that they did to try to figure out what this kid, uh, where this kid lived. They, um, the kid has videos around their house, so they have a, a diagram and a drawing, a loose diagram of the house structure based <laughs> off of. Each of the rooms, and they've recreated it, and they're trying to figure out where this architecture is most common in the okay. United States. I love it already. Uh, this is crazy. Video I love outdoors. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're looking at the foliage yeah. and the land and everything. Can like we get that, an arborist here? Trying Can to it? Trying to figure things. It, it's crazy. And then basically, it, beca- it became this um, regional war. Uh, it lasted for two weeks between the Americans the and four chan, <laughs> and the Russians and two chan and they're making videos back and forth you know it's this nerdy guy in his chair you russians are really starting to piss me off and he puts a mask on and then it's a cuts to a uh, video game clip of somebody jumping out of a plane <laughs> it was silly it was really silly but it was also really dark
1: well that's the thing it's like you get you, you get lost in the 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 moment here because you realize like this is absurd everything yeah. that's going on is absolutely ridiculous and hats off to
0: the detectives, but at the same time it's like, oh hold on a sec. What are they all working towards? <laughs> yeah. So the 4chan guys were like, We need to protect her. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, um they the <laughs> after two weeks of this, um, she posted a video said, I'm I'm worried for my life, I gotta go. Wow. And pff, gone. Wow. Disappeared. Um about a week later her account came back online, but it was hacked. Wow. There was other people who said, X is my boyfriend. He has big P. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. They, do- they, they got her. They got it. So they got into her accounts. She's gone. She's, who knows, right? It's just it's just a sad story in the yeah, end. It is sad. 15-year-old kid, just really enthusiastic, doing a bunch of costumes and stuff yeah, online. Yeah. And, and just got... The internet got her. That's one
1: of the the side effects of this... I'd love to know. Like, I want to dig into this a little bit more and figure out where they got the information from, or what was the. Because usually, there's one failure point that cascades to the rest. And the fact she got hacked is speaks to me more that it was probably like a bad password, or they found out something, and mm-hmm. just like maybe they fished her. On the other hand, let's make this a little happier because I feel sorry for this this young woman who clearly having fun online and forgot the 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 swirling mass of. Um, I'm trying to be polite here. Uh, (laughs) Scum. Enthusiasts. Scummy enthusiasts that uh, are always lurking around. This reminded me so much of the He Will Not Divide Us. What's this? Shia LaBeouf. The Beef. Kind of lost his mind when Trump became president, like a few people. And he put out these art exhibits. And he he was famous for putting up this camera outside. I think it was Chicago uh, Art Museum. And it was like permanently live on... Uh, the internet, which was just like, <laughs> oh, man, what are you thinking, <laughs> dude? <risky. laughs> but it turned pretty funny because you end up with a whole bunch of people who are just showing up. Aware of it. Yeah. Aware of it. And there's this one fellow who um, showed up and he was just do, he did the the speech entirely from um, uh, the prequels where it's like, have I ever told you the tale of Darth, Pl- Darth Plagueis? <laughs> <laughs> the wise. The wise. <laughs> so he's doing that. And then other times it's like guys are showing up dressed like Metal Gear Solid characters and just doing routines and saluting the camera. Anyway. That's the camera, that was dumb. The best part was that he will not divide us. So LeBoeuf had this flag that he was flying that was, had the words, he will not divide us with a reference to Trump. Like yep. he's not gonna split this country apart. The enthusiasts online were like, <laughs> game on. And it became a thing to get the flag. It was ca- real life capture the flag. <laughs> So what happened is the first couple of times the flag was just straight up uh, captured. And I think they hoisted up like uh, a Pepe flag instead or something. It's uh, it's been captured. Shia hated this. Remember when
0: they started to say that Pepe was like a neo-Nazi symbol? Yeah, the Pepe, it's like the feels good
1: man frog. is. Whatever, it's dumb. Um, the best part about this story, and this is what got me when you're talking about the, the bonky bonkers, or bonobie bonkers. Sounds so dumb game, yeah. saying it. Um, was that, so Shia's like, screw you guys. you are never find the flag again. Takes the flag, and the, the part of this is that there's a video set up to show the flag always flying. Puts it somewhere in the United States. Somewhere in the United States. Apparently in the middle of nowhere. Game on. That sounds like fun. So, combination of this cued the imaginations of everyone and all of a sudden everyone's united to capture the flag people are analyzing the uh the trees in the area so you sent them a photo no it's like it's a live stream so you can see it it. people this they're analyzing cross analyzing jet streams from planes going over and saying based on the angle of this and the time of day and where this is we've narrowed it down to this location exactly they managed to find the flag that had never like in the middle of a of nowhere. I don't know if it was like Tennessee or um, Virginia or something. Went into the forest uh climbed up the flagpole uh i think they replaced it again with a kekistan flag or something like that and then the guys uh posted the picture in their room like uh with the flag of the he will not divide us behind them and just like the thumbs up or the okay symbol or something <laughs> awesome. like it's like got it and after that it's like i think the, it's still i don't know if the flag is still flying somewhere like it was moved to inside an art gallery and people were trying to figure that one out because it was too tricky with like security guards always watching you and
0: see so that's the, like a harmless Fun example, you're not Shia LaBeouf is um, not being scared for his life, being here. the internet people and researching something yeah. so enthusiastically that you figured it out. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up like groups because obviously Reddit is a big group, yeah. and so I've got a list here of examples or notable examples of doxing. Yeah, um, and one of them is obviously the people on Reddit when there was the uh Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, uh, here had, we go. Figured it out and thought it was Su- In Sunil Mars, Tarpath. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out that Sunil just took his own life yeah. and was completely unrelated to the bombing. That's. I think there was an episode of The Good Wife that was kind of famous
1: for the, the kind of law and order, these things, where they ape a story from reality and they think they even used Reddit as an example, for or like <laughs> fake Reddit, but where they misidentify uh,
0: a terrorist. Yeah, and which is one of the biggest risks yeah. of, I want to call it... Uh, Internet vigilantes. That's the best like way to describe it. The the blogs. You know all the blogs. The murder mystery blogs where they try to figure it out themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that's it. I'd lo- <laughs> I'd love to get a um, an actual criminal lawyer or someone on the show to talk about See something like that. See how valuable that is. See how valuable that is because you know, on one hand you have crowdsourcing. You're you're crowdsourcing, good. but what is that any different than you putting up a billboard saying like? Uh, uh, not like that bad movie, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, but something <laughs> something saying like reward, find the mystery for the murder of so and so. You're crowdsourcing essentially uh, detective work on behalf of getting somebody to give you tips yeah. versus like someone knows something like those podcasts where they're going in and, or serial and digging up these old uh, yeah. cases and trying to figure it out. And like that seems fine. like I don't think anyone's breaking a lot of harm.
0: Okay, let's go down a list and let's say, are we for or against it? Okay, do we have time for this? How much time? We've we got have? we've got some time. All right. So one of the first ep- examples of doxing ever. Yep. Uh Don Deringer. Or sorry, Deringer? Den- Den- Denkinger. After the St. Louis Cardinals lost the 1985 <laughs> World Series, umpire Don this is Denkinger became a victim of this when two St. Louis disc jockeys publicly re- released his telephone number and home address. Yeah. Good or bad? Uh bad. <laughs> Pretty clear um you can't yeah i mean that will get you i'm surprised it doesn't the thing get charges is, and lawsuits yeah. on that. one of the most cut and clear examples of doxing is taking people that you disagree with and saying here's their phone number and their address and go harass them that's that's the thing right there so
1: there's this subtle there in the background so it's like i say something i'm like dead winner is a terrible game all of a sudden well well <laughs> yeah. well you want to know about
0: he lives G- uh. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: this is his address and this is yeah. his phone number. And it's like, hello, friend.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it is. it the is mob it, shows up.
1: It's meant to be scary. It is meant to be intimidating. Whether it actually is or not, I don't know. But.
0: Yeah. The next one actually is scary. So the 1990s anti-abortion activists secured abortion providers' personal information, such as their, etc., home address, phone number, photographs, yep. and posted them right. as a hit list. That's, uh
1: the see if it's called, if, like the fact that it's called a hit list and we're not talking about
0: like a YTV uh, music show from the 90s is uh, it's
1: clearly not a good one so yeah
0: so and between 1993 and 2016 eight abortion providers were killed by these oh is it uh, like was it linked to this list or did they yeah. say yeah well it's almost and, like putting a target on so, somebody's head so they had black font on the website yeah. and anytime one of them was killed they would put a strike through with red Oof. so this was almost like a Mission accomplished.
1: Yeah, it's that's dark. Yeah, uh,
0: we, was we, it hosting the we, we'll information? Skip the human flesh search engine. Human flesh search engine. That sounds like something out of Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Chinese internet phenomenon searches much in common with doxing, distributed, sometimes deliberately crowdsourced searches for similar kinds of information hmm. about. Um, individuals <coughs> uh, anonymous famous for doxing yeah. uh, there may be one of the most uh, it kind of gets into the gray area for example well you uh, have the activism stuff where it's kind of like it's, yeah. yeah when they became investigated they posted personal information about law authority uh, probably not ethical but then they began releasing identify uh, the identifies of the identities of members of the Ku Klux Klan uh huh so, in that case, uh, people who were threatening to kill anybody that was protesting the shooting of Michael Brown, huh. uh, they were posting their information. So, that's where it's kind of like, mm, I don't know, right? But even then, like, is that the right way to go about it? I, like, I'm going to save you all some time here, Joel.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say no to any of these. No it's to all. No to all.
0: It's uh, Yeah, Reddit, Boston Marathon. But then, you kind of get into the whole thing with journalism. Yeah. And journalists... Their job is to dig and get information. They're not publicly posting your phone number and address, yeah. but they might post some information that is personal to you. Yeah. But maybe you're a child molester. They find it out. Yeah. That was personal. <laughs> it's also a crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in that case too, it's, I think it's clear. Like
1: the journalist is not the cops. Yeah, like they, it's not their job to prosecute a case. It's their job is to get the story. And you could argue whether there's if the story results in the prosecution. That's I think that's. Pretty basic journalism in a sense of like digging up the story or digging up what happened or why somebody did this or who did it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not their job to go in and because I think that, speaking of like internet vigilantism, when somebody gets the information and then puts it out there, it's like, oh, what did you think was going to happen if you, when you found, uh, I
0: don't know, this person everyone hated and gave them the address? So, so what do you think about um, Leah McGrath from Newsweek posting or? writing an article yeah. claiming to have figured out that the anonymous creator of Bitcoin was so she Satoshi. <laughs> that the old man who, like, trains. Satoshi, yeah. Well,
1: it, it, it was just dumb. It, it's... I don't even know what you... You can say it. I don't think... Is that a dox? Is that... I don't know. But she was wrong, right? Of course.
0: Well... <laughs> As
1: far as I know, the my understanding a,
0: what I, there's a lot of these are just yeah. they end up being false information. It's like, well, well good for you, you're the, wrong. The Satoshi one is kind
1: of odd because my understanding is that it was never meant it was never one person. It was like a nickname for a bunch of people that got together to come up with a protocol or come up with the the framework for Bitcoin or whatever. But trying to put it at the feet of an elderly Japanese man seemed a little <laughs> a little confused. But
0: so here's Kurt Schilling, March 2015. Kurt Schilling, oh that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Used doxing to identify several people responsible for Twitter troll posts with obscene, sexually explicit comments about his teenage daughter. It stinks. It stinks. But uh, how? I don't know. Jack's against I'm, I'm doxing against in all cases, which I think is probably the right stance to take.
1: But then you get into the gray area, like, was it a docs? Did it count? Because I did start off saying, like, it, it's not a docs if I'm able to, if I go to your Facebook. If it's public information. it's public yeah. information. But like, how, did, how deep did they have to dig, right? Did I don't they? know. I think anything involves, especially, like, we can draw a line. Obviously, we can say, if you have to hack into something, and I say hack in the loosest sense, but if, if you have to, uh, if we can say, like, if you broke into somebody's house and got the information that was all about them, you, you've you stepped over a line that you had to go through and yep. uh, you had to break the law in order to get this. If you are able to pay 50 bucks to get the court register to give you the information, which is technically publicly available on somebody, are you breaking the law? No, but it's obvious that you're going over like, this is not easily accessible public information. It, like there's all these gray areas around all this yep. stuff. But I think the bottom line is revealing information about someone else like, where do you draw the line, and do you want if if it happened to you, would you be super thrilled about that too? Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> well, we take it to the extreme and say, let's say there's a serial killer out there, right? And regular Joe Blow figures out who it is, yeah, um, and gives that information to the police, yeah. That serial killer is caught, yeah, is tried, and it comes to light that the person who found that information did it illegally yeah. now it's not admissible as evidence and the serial killer gets away see this is a case of like
1: get me a lawyer here. i want <laughs> i want to know people's opinions on this but it's it is a super contentious subject if you spend any time online um doxing is and two x's or one i've never quite figured it out i think it should be one x but most people it use it with ways. twos anyway yeah. um I'm I'm a firm proponent. I grew up, um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've, I've got digital footprint. It's I think it's lighter than the average person yep. because I grew up in an era when I was around enough scary people that, as far as like with their activities online, that I knew. Yep. Oh, that's how you got that, eh?
0: Anonymity is important.
1: Anonymity is super important online because yep. so all of your so much of your life is on there, and so many things you say and do. Whether uh, neutral or negative or positive, it's all there for the most part, uh, and held in held somewhere. So that that forum that you were trashing, like when you're 10 years old for a game that you hated, it's like <laughs> said some crazy things, but it's there. It's there. But I think the issue is people using. The, I think kids need to be taught, unless they already know it. And old man Jack's is sh- shouting at clouds. But I think I strongly believe in cybersecurity classes being taught yep. in schools and things like use different passwords, use different e- uh, usernames, have different email accounts. Don't say your real name. Don't say your real name online. Don't post information. But then it, it gets into like, oh, I found it. Didn't post the real name. Know the school, know what year, know what they look like. Went through the records on this. Is that, that's exactly. a doc? You got a photo, bam,
0: you go through the yearbook. So it's, I don't know, Joel, what are your thoughts in the dying moments of the oh, show? Well, don't dox little kids dancing around on the internet. But also, don't dress up. So there's these, <laughs> <laughs> there's games out there now and I, uh, bloggers will uh, get their friends on their show yeah. and then they'll show one of these videos yeah. and they'll say, do they identify as a male or female? Oh, okay. And, you know, it's it's the, about 50-50. The tricks. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe that's a topic
1: for another show, <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Have a good day.